Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, November the 7th, 2022. Hope you're doing well in your part of the world. I'm coming to you this morning from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. I'm outside, just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. And we're going to hit up the Zoom right now. Good friend of mine, Yomi Groner. He is in the tourism industry here in Israel. He has his own travel company specializing in travel in Israel, Jordan, Egypt. You name it, you need a tour in the region. Yomi is your man. And we're not going to talk tourism right now. Maybe we'll get to that at the end. But we're going to focus on politics because Yomi has strong opinions when it comes as a citizen of the state of Israel, is a strong opinions as it relates to the election which we just had. Yomi, welcome to Israel Uncensored here on the Land of Israel Network. Thanks, Josh. I, I might have strong opinions, but I don't know if they all uh, uh, agree with them. On your 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 fans of your show. <laughs> Listen, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And I tell people every week, if you love the show, if you hate the show, if you disagree with something I said or somebody, somebody, uh, something one of my guests says, you just let me know. No problem here. We're all about having a discussion. So right now we have coalition negotiations right now. Prime Minister to be once again, Benjamin Netanyahu with a decisive victory in last week's election. He's now meeting with all the all the parties trying to form a government. He'll be meeting with them one by one. And dishing out portfolios, dishing out ministerial positions. What's your take on what we might expect here in the days ahead in terms of which uh, potential coalition partner would or should receive which position? So it's interesting because I think deep down uh, the prime minister to be and former prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu really wants to make a coalition not with his uh, natural partners of the religious Zionism or, um, uh, and the Haredim. I think he wants the Haredi parties, but he doesn't really want to take the religious Zionist parties because if he does, he is going to be pushed into doing things that he claims he wants to do, but deep down he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to mess with the judiciary here. He doesn't want to start separating the powers of the attorney general. And I'm not sure your uh, your uh, your 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 base understands. But in Israel, the attorney general not only uh, defends the government and its decisions, but it also basically goes after the government uh, for many of the decisions that he himself or herself is uh, preparing for the government to take which causes sometimes a little bit of a major conflict of interest. So let me, let me get this straight. You're saying that right now after five elections, and now we have uh, a seemingly stable right-wing coalition of 64 seats, you're saying that Prime Minister Netanyahu may blow that up and just ignore the fact that the religious Zionist party got 14 seats as the third biggest party. You're saying he may just ignore their demands and try to form a coalition perhaps with either Yamina, uh, with Lapid's party or Benny Gans, uh, the uh, combination party of Gans and Eisenkot and Gidon Saar. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that's what he wants to do. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but that's what he wants to do. He's happy to have the ultra-Orthodox in his government, 
And people like Benny Gantz uh, and their and Gidon Saar and their party would also join a government like that. I think that deep, deep down, um, and this prime minister has many good qualities. He's done a lot of good things for the state of Israel. I've also been in disagreement about some of the things he's done, but he would rather have Benny Gantz uh, and even Yair Lapid than having to work with the religious Zionists. And again, the reason is, the reason is, is because deep, deep down, he knows he's going to have to take certain actions, which he deep down, even though he speaks so beautifully and eloquently in both Hebrew and in English, he doesn't want to do them. He'd rather the status quo stay about. And when I talk about the status quo, I mean the status quo vis-a-vis the judiciary and uh, the police and all that, than actually deal and make the hard decisions. That's all I'm so, saying. I think so at the end, he'll go with the religious Zionists and the Haredim because even his own voters um, have uh, demanded now. If you saw the uh, celebrations afterwards, after the election, you saw that they were yelling and I shouldn't say yelling, they were cheering Mishilut, Mishilut, which is governance and governance, not sovereignty here, but governance. They want to clean up what's going on in the South. They want to make sure that uh, 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 everyday security is taken care of, but it's going to take a massive, big uh, effort by the prime minister and uh, by even the opposition to join hand in hand to get these uh, things done. So Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, even though uh, deep down he would like to form a, a government with Gans or Lapid or some of the others, he may in fact go with the religious Zionist parties. But what you're saying basically is that he still wants to kick the can down the road, which many of his critics have said, especially on the right which he has done time and time again on many of these issues that you talked about, whether it's judiciary, which, whether it's sovereignty over Judea and Samaria, whether it's dealing with, uh, you know, evacuating illegal uh, Bedouin building. I'm thinking of uh, Khan al-Amar there on Highway 1 leading up to the Dead Sea. Uh, you're saying he's got a, it's, the, it's the same old uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. I mean, a lot of people like him, but, you know, then again, you could make that claim that, you know, his... His uh, modus operandi, so to speak, is just to keep kicking that can down the road, passing the buck to the next guy. Yeah, I, 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 it's not that he just wants to kick the can down the road. I, I just, again, he would rather just keep the status quo going than actually make hard decisions. Look, it's, look, there are a lot of things here in Israel that are important to everyday Israeli lives. For instance, many people don't realize this. But Benny Gantz, as, as uh, Minister of Defense, signed on for the, um, uh, the where the generals get their, uh, uh, their uh, I forget the word, the, the use of it in Hebrew, and it's right now leaving my mind in English, but basically the pension plan. The pension plan is, causing, is costing Israelis over a trillion shekels a year, which is absolutely ridiculous. There has to be, people are always complaining about the cost of living in Israel. There are a lot of things that go into that. One of the things is, is that we need someone in the defense ministry who is going to start making some hard decisions about how some of these generals get paid, even though they're getting money from other uh, 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 revenues, be it that they give their name on boards and such like that, they still get a tremendous amount of money 
from, uh, from, um, uh, from a pension fund. This has to change. This is something that Netanyahu is going to have to put someone in into the Ministry of Defense and change it. It's not only Judea and Samaria issues, it's about other issues that have to change in this country. That is, I personally think that's what the, um, that's what was given right now to the right wing to do. And people are expecting them to make some very hard decisions. Another thing which people never seem to talk about is the regulation that this country sticks to small businesses. Now, people think that the prime minister can change everything. It's not just the prime minister. The regulation with small businesses, for instance, paying insurance to keep your business afloat. If you don't pay, if you don't, you know, there's so many regulations about a small business building itself up. The Ministry of Finance uh, has, to, ha has to change that. So I'm looking at someone, let's say, like near Barkat, where I truly hope as a member of Likud will become the Minister of Finance. I'm hoping he's going to make some very hard decisions and go up against the very big uh, uh, insurance companies and banks in this country and cut the cost of doing small for small businesses in this country. Hey, these are a lot of issues, by the way, that a lot of people are not paying attention to, especially, you know, maybe these are less sexy topics uh, here in Israel. A lot of people like talking about the peace plan and a lot of, a lot of like, you know, people talking about that sort of stuff and they ignore the day to day lives and the stuff that you were just bringing up of the things that we have to go through as tax bank citizens here in the state of Israel. Are you uh, optimistic, though, based on the election results that we might see if it's not Netanyahu himself, maybe some of the other players that you just spoke above uh, spoke about, whether it's Bartnir Barkat or some of the others? Do you think that they will, in fact, make the necessary changes in order to improve the daily lives of Israelis, cutting the cost of living, for example, and some of the other stuff you mentioned? Are you optimistic after these election results? Well, I'm always optimistic. Uh, the question is if people will deliver. Uh, you know, everyone goes into uh, Sunday when they're playing football thinking they're going to do well. But then, you know, the, the, the game starts and sometimes, what did Mike Tyson say? Everyone has a plan until my fist goes into their mouth. Look, <laughs> it's, it's a question. It, it, look, I am optimistic because, again, um, one of the people who was just uh, given a huge mandate uh, is a uh, member of Knesset, Vital Smotrich. Now, there are things about Vital Smotrich that I don't agree with, which, which he says. But if I'm looking at factual evidence, I can see as a person who ran the Ministry of Transportation, how he truly works for the entire country. And I think having a guy like that, and I hope many more people, I really do hope, people in the Likud and people within the ultra-Orthodox Gimel Party and Shas not only work for their own voters, but they work for the uh, overall citizens of Israel. I think there can be a lot accomplished, but, and it's very important to understand, you know, getting things done, you have to move an entire organization. It's not enough just to scream and yell and go on and, and, and tweet out uh, ideas you have to move and create the abilities for the people working in your ministry uh, to move and go with your ideas go, and move them forward. Make sure that the changes are made in a very good way. One of my biggest criticisms of the last government, and by the way, I had no problems with the last government, but I would say one of my criticisms of the government 
was a woman like Meirav Michaeli, the Ministry of Transportation, who was very good at making TikTok uh, videos, but didn't really get anything done. And people have to understand, uh, people like Itamar Ben-Gvir, if they're going to be, let's say for argument's sake, they will be in charge of the internal uh, security. They have to work with the police chief and the police, uh, police uh, uh, senior leadership to get the message down, what he wants to accomplish, and to move it forward. It's not enough just to go on to, let's say, Channel 14 or Channel 12 and spout your ideology. You have to have concrete plans, a business plan of how do we move the things that we want to get done, done. Two things. Number one, I'm going to agree with you on the transportation issue. It just took me over an hour to get to Jerusalem. That's completely unacceptable. That's completely outrageous that I should be stuck in that kind of traffic. And I know Israelis all over the country are you know, gridlocked on a day-to-day basis. And the other thing is I'm going to write down your Tyson quote because I like that very much. We're, all, we're almost out of time here. I'm going to add to your title now, political analyst. That's it, man. You're not just a travel uh, expert. But I do want to ask you how things are going now in that field, in the tourism realm. Now that, you know, I guess Corona is not really gone completely, but the tours are certainly back. This was a very, very busy summer. Um, What can we expect in the travel and tourism industry here in the region as we're heading towards uh, the winter? And then we're going to let you off the hook. Travel is back. It's great. I would tell people to come here to Israel Uh, There's traveling going on also now in Jordan and in Egypt. And I always recommend to people, you know, come here. Don't come with any pre-notions. Forget about what they write in whichever paper you come from. Just come here. People here are nice. It's uh, sometimes it's intense. It's a different culture here. Just be prepared for that. But the people here are really nice wherever you go in Israel. Uh, If you go to Jordan, Judea, Samaria, wherever you go, Egypt, everyone is nice. They're all there to uh, uh, show you, uh, you know, their history and their culture. So just, you know, pick up and come. uh, And that's the best advice that I can give you. And how can people get in touch with you, Yomi, if they're listening in the States right now? They're planning their trips to Israel and they're looking for a great tour guide. Uh, who could show them the the reality of the situation here and give them an awesome and fun experience in all parts of the land of Israel and the other countries you mentioned. How can people reach you, man? So they can reach me via my personal email, which is uh, my last name, Groner, G-R-O-N-E-R, at Gmail. Uh, and if I'm not available, I'm always, I work with a lot of people. They're all very good. They'll all show you a great time. Uh, and that's the best way. And if you didn't catch that, you can always get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch with Yomi Groner, who, by the way, is also a legend in the world of football in Israel, a legendary quarterback and a legendary player (laughs) on the big blue on the big blue team (laughs) in the American Football League in Israel. Yeah, you're a legend, man. Don't be humble. Don't be humble. It's it's very (laughs) kind of you. The only thing I could say is I, I would probably have done better last night against the Lions than Aaron Rodgers did. Let's put it to you that way. I don't even want to talk about my Colts. We're going to leave that for another day. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to have to start drinking here by before eleven a.m. So we're not going to talk about Indianapolis. Start. We should start a Monday. We should start a Monday morning a, a, you know podcast about football games on Sunday. Yeah, that that is an ideal. I'm going to recommend it to the guys who run the Land of Israel Network and see if they want to get into that 
arena. Usually it's politics and all the other stuff, but maybe they want to get into something a little lighter down the road. But We should get them into football, into sports betting. That's what we should <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a lot of followers, a lot of listeners from that. But Yomi Groner, get in touch with him if you want a great time here in the land of Israel. I appreciate his political insight into our last election. I thank you for your time, sir, and uh, hope to see you again very, very soon. Take care, Josh. Thank you. And we're going to take a short break here on Israel Uncensored on Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. I'm going to come back with part two of the show. We're going to break down a little bit more of the election and other stuff going on here. Of course, a lot of terrorism, unfortunately, over the past week and a lot of other things going on here. And we'll finish as we try to do every week on, with some, uh, some positive news. And there is positive news out there, folks. Don't get me wrong. You know, sometimes it seems like everything is negative. Sometimes it's only politics and a bunch of terrorism and crazy stuff. But there's a lot of positive coming out of the Jewish state of Israel. We'll get to that as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Prayer, faith, and healing. Find out about it from a Judean perspective. We want this life to be good. It's so good. Cherish every day. Thank you, God, for every day. The Land of Israel Fellowship invites you to learn Torah from Judea, a new cycle a new world with Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramowitz. And if you don't see life as one incredible gift, you won't see God. But if you can see the gift, then you'll be blessed to see the giver. To sign up, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. We are back. Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 7th of November, 2022. I forgot to mention the Hebrew date before, 13th of Cheshvan, 5783. Thanks again to Yomi Groner for his insight on everything going on here uh, in regard to the election. So we mentioned that JNS, he reports that Israeli opposition and Likud party leader Benjamin Netanyahu, I guess they're going to have to take that title, the opposition title, out and replace that with prime minister. Uh, yesterday, he started inviting the other party heads from his uh, potential coalition to start meeting with him, meeting Sunday. There'll be meetings today and throughout the week, trying to hammer out which um, of the MKs will become ministers and what um, ministries they will receive. So, you know, we could probably dedicate a whole show uh, as to which individual should get which ministry, what makes the most sense. Uh, bottom line, the election. All right. We have a big win for the right. Uh, and of course, the so-called left in Israel. And this is what I'm seeing. Many American Jews, whether they know it or not, are saying the same things on social media as the Israel haters, by the way. Namely, that these election results are a disaster. Israel is becoming a fascist state, blah, blah, blah. Ironically, some of these Israel haters, of course it's not everybody. These Israel haters have been saying bad things about this country for decades, regardless of who is in the government. Nothing has changed on that end, okay? Just go to Twitter for five minutes if you can stomach it and see how... The lines are blurred, unfortunately, in some cases, between Jews who say they love Israel and Israel haters. Some of those lines have been blurred. 
people claiming that they're pro-Israel, they love Israel. And here's a popular one that I'm seeing on social media right now. Okay. Um, people saying things like, I'm writing this post now. And as I'm writing, I'm crying about my country. I'm crying about Israel. And to that, I say boohoo. Where were you when Arabs in the Knesset were calling, referring to Arab terrorists as martyrs? and essentially serving as agents for the Palestinian Authority or the Muslim Brotherhood in the Knesset. Nothing. There were no tears then, but when Jews want to crack down on the terrorists, create a real deterrence against terror, show strength and not weakness, which is what works against terror, all of a sudden that's when the tears come out. They'd rather pull out some quote which Smotrich or Ben Gvir or someone else gave 25 years ago as a teenager. It's so ironic to me, when the left wins, it's party time. And what a great democracy we have. But when the right wins, fascism. Okay? Saying that this is the end of Israel, or other people saying, I'm leaving Israel, I'm moving. I say to them, if you don't want to be here, then move. But so many big talkers out there and hypocrites who say nothing about the incitement and hatred from inside the Knesset, by some of the members of the Arab parties, okay? But now, of course, everyone is a researcher, an expert, pulling up quotes. So that's my election take, unfortunately. Again, it's toxic. Some of the stuff on social media, toxic. But you'll see. And again, some of these people say they are Israel supporters, they are Jews, they love Israel, but now they're crying and whatnot. I'm just not... I'm having a hard time with it. I'm having a hard time with that because, again, hard to differentiate between the pro-Israel and the actual Israel haters. It's very hard to differentiate, and it's very, very disturbing. JNS reports that U.S. Secretary of State Anthony, Anthony Blinken on Friday, he warned Israeli and Palestinian leaders of the urgent need to restore calm in Judea and Samaria amid a surge in Palestinian attacks and Israeli counterterrorism operations in the region. He spoke with PA head Mahmoud Abbas and said all the parties need to de-escalate the situation, according to the State Department spokesperson. So Arab terrorists, sorry for the bad news, but Arab terrorists this past week were trying to murder Jews on a daily basis. We had shootings and car rammings and stabbings and they even launched once again rockets from gaza and instead of stressing the need to stop terror blinken issues this statement where he puts the onus on both sides all parties must de-escalate how about calling a spade a spade and saying to the terrorists saying to mahmoud abbas there will be quiet if you stop trying to murder jews there's this need for a moral equivalence or creating the illusion that there's some sort of moral equivalence between evil and those who try to stop evil. And this is obscene. And what other reality is a criminal on the same level as a policeman? The answer is none. Because, of course, when it comes to the Biden administration's policies on Israel's policies on Israel, uh, there is no terrorist and army. There are two equal sides and they must all calm down. That's the message I'm getting. Um, and this is just... This shows you the broken moral compass of this administration in Washington. And I know there are elections tomorrow, 
Tuesday midterms. Let's see what happens. Let's let's see if things get any better. At the same time, JNS reports there was a 13-year-old girl who was struck in the head by gunfire on Thursday in Kiryat Arba. She has regained consciousness. This is a miracle. She's breathing on her own, according to media, media reports. Did you hear about this? Did you hear this story? An Israeli girl is shot in the head walking down the sidewalk. Most likely, the bullet was um, a stray bullet. Originally, they said maybe it was a sniping attack. Now it looks like it was a stray bullet, uh, which came from PA-controlled, the PA-controlled side of Hebron, Hebron, maybe from a wedding or who knows what. Uh, because, of course, under the Palestinian Authority, it's fun to play with guns and shoot bullets up in the air with no regard for where they land. But this is just a miracle. The bullet went into this girl's head and, thank God, did not enter her brain, from what I understand. So for all the bad news last week of terror attacks, shootings, again, I mentioned this, stabbings, car rammings, rockets. In this case, thank God, the girl's breathing on her own, recovering in the hospital. Let's move on to a self-fulfilling prophecy or perhaps a warning, or more like a threat from Mansour Abbas, the leader of Israel's Islamist Ram party. He expressed concern that the country's incoming coalition will start allowing Jews to pray on the Temple Mount. Imagine that. Imagine Jews praying at the holiest site for Judaism. Well, that's not the case, usually, here in Jerusalem. Muslims can pray. Jews cannot pray. Non-Muslims cannot pray. Under certain circumstances, it happens, but in theory, the police do not allow uh, Jews to pray. And, of course, I would like to see that changed on our holiest site. Does that sound reasonable to you that Jews cannot pray in the Temple Mount? I mean, we are a country that respects everyone's religious rights, but somehow we don't respect the rights of Jews to pray at our holiest site. So... If you come from a position of weakness and don't allow prayer, and the Arabs, they, they still issue these blood libels accusing the Jews of storming the Al-Aqsa. You hear this time and time again. It happens all the time. And then there are riots when they, when they issue these false accusations. How about we try something new? Let's be strong and say enough. This is our country. This is our holiest site. And Jews can pray on the Temple Mount. Remember they said if the U.S. moves the embassy to Jerusalem, it would be World War III? That didn't happen because when you approach a matter from a position of strength in the Middle East, you succeed. Strength is respected. Weakness is trampled on. So let's first of all tell Mansour Abbas you are no longer in the government. And let's tell Mansour Abbas, who represents, by the way, the Israeli branch of the Southern Islamic Movement, a.k.a. the Muslim Brotherhood, stop issuing warnings to the Jewish state. We respect your holy sites. It's time to respect ours. Now is the time, folks. Now is the time we change this policy. Uh, Times of Israel reports Israeli troops opened fire at a group of terrorists Saturday night who were hurling rocks at Israeli cars in the Benjamin area. According to the IDF, several cars were hit. Troops stationed nearby shot at the rock throwers. One of the Arabs was killed, another seriously hurt. And this is how you deal with rock-throwing terrorists. Um, rocks are weapons. Rocks have killed. I should say Arabs throwing rocks have murdered. And this is how you deal with them. You shoot to kill. 
Uh, and un, as unpleasant as that sounds, uh, as that sounds to some, that's the reality. Whether it's Molotov cocktails or rocks, uh, and of course, uh, if it's uh, guns, this behavior should not be tolerated. Uh, but unfortunately, there are still rock attacks on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe if enough of them realize it's not worth the risk and they're not willing to die for throwing rocks, maybe they'll stop throwing rocks. Maybe a real deterrence can be created. Finishing on something positive here, Israel 21C. Israeli plastic-free packaging solution enters U.S. market. A company called Melodia has a new plant um, to boost the production of its paper side stream sourced barrier coating. This is a foreign language to me, which will serve the American region. I'll explain what this is. I'll try to at least. This is a plastic-free plant-based coating for packaging made in Rehovot, Israel by this company, or at least based in Rehovot, Melodia which is now entering the U.S. market. Eco-friendly material, which you can put food in for food, beverages, consumer goods. It's for packaging, and it is better for the environment. It does not harm. It's plastic-free. It does not harm the environment. And I saw images of it, you know, this type of material, um, which, uh, which you can put food in and other things in. It's, uh, it's for packaging. It's for storage. Go to Israel 21C and get the full article. But this product, good for the environment, made in Israel, is being shipped now to American markets. So, as I tell the BDS anti-Israel haters, don't use Melodia's new uh, methods here, their new product for packaging, because then you would be a hypocrite. Don't take advantage of this, even if you're like an environmentalist. If you hate Israel, if you're a BDSer, okay, don't use this. Continue to use plastics and other bad things for the environment because I would not want you to be a hypocrite. Keep up the BDS, right? Keep going, keep your hate of Israel, even though Israel is creating things which are improving the planet, for crying out loud. But let's not be a hypocrite, folks if you're a BDS anti-Israel hater. And that's going to do it for today. Thanks again to Yomi Groner for his insight on the elections. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn as well. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Wishing everyone a wonderful week coming to you again from beautiful Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a peaceful and wonderful and safe week out there, everybody. All the best. Shalom, shalom.